Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast, a day early podcast, folks, because we are talking Wrestle Kingdom 13 today. I've, I've been Ollie Davis. <laughs> I'm Ollie Davis. Have you? And I'm joined by. Someone who was Luke Owen. Am I still? Yeah, you are. But I, ju- I just made a mistake, didn't oh, I, about I saying I've, I've been Ollie Davis. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Now. Okay. Well, yeah. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Cracking intro. Oh, just one of our better ones, I reckon. Uh, how... We're only thirty seconds in. We could, <laughs> we could start over. Well, well let's not though. That, that's, that's extra editing for me, and that to do extra editing yesterday because of Andy Bloody Datsun turning the camera off halfway through, kicking him out the wall. Ugh. Um, so, but anyway, how are you on Wrestle Kingdom Day? A happy Wrestle Kingdom Day. Happy Wrestle Kingdom Day. I feel like it is a bit like Christmas for wrestling fans, but we get quite a few of those over the year. Yeah, yeah. I, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and Wrestle Kingdom. And we've got, like, it's a busy few weeks, really, we've got, because we've got Wrestle Kingdom here, it's New Year's Dash tomorrow, although we won't be covering that until uh, Monday in uh, in news format. Then you've got the uh, the... NXT TakeOver UK, you've got NXT TakeOver at the end of the month, and the Royal Rumble, and Impact Wrestling okay, Homecoming, there we go. which we're going to be reviewing in full on Monday. I'd imagine it'll be me and uh, Blake doing it. Yeah, I thought you forgot it. No, I haven't. No, no, it was that. in my news today. I don't know if we'd do a Wrestle Ramble review. I haven't thought that far ahead. Mm. You've, both got, you've both got super things to do. Have we? Yeah, you've got a super review of Homecoming. I thought Laurie was doing the super review. No, you're doing the super review. Oh, okay. He's I, doing the super news. Sorry, I thought you said I was. He was doing it. No, no, we did. <laughs> we did confirm this. Did we? Yeah. Okay. I, I wrote it down in my diary. I literally wrote it down <laughs> well, after we finished. Yeah, and okay, it. but you might have written it down but not told us. We had the conversation. And I think you and Laurie said, might have had the conversation. I said I'll do Wrestle Kingdom. When you'll do Homecoming. When was this conversation? This was had? the last week of of. Uh... Now I'm starting to ring a bell a bit now. Actually, yeah. Yes. I, I, I seem to recall the conversation. <laughs> Um, anyway, would you like a Rousseau pay? 
Of course. Uh, so this one comes in from Ruben Johnston, who I believe we've had emails in from before, but I think you'll enjoy this one. Hello, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. I've got a Rusev hey from a Rev Pro show in Portsmouth I went to a few months ago with British Strong Style as the main event draw Ooh. to the show. Me and my mate caught the train to the event and got there quite early and had to kill time. So we wandered around Portsmouth for a while. Great town centre. I haven't been there in a few years, so I don't know what it's like anymore, but it used to be a belting place, Portsmouth Town Centre. Did they write great town? No, that, that was me. That was, that was, that was uh, yeah. That was my editorial uh, sting in there. What uh, what did it used to have? A, a brilliant game station, which I worked at. Probably defunct. Uh, I don't think it's there anymore. Great Woolworths. <laughs> Actually, fantastic House of Fraser. The Woolworths breakfast, which is what I used to get when I was a student, that really set you up for a Saturday. Mm. Great Greggs as well. You do really good tea at that Greggs, um, and Elsie uh, Toys, which I know for a fact isn't there anymore. So yeah, my, my knowledge of it is, is is a bit limited. But the donuts, the donut vans, if the donut vans are still there, still do excellent donuts. So there's always that. Um, anyway, uh, which I, oh okay, well funny enough here he says uh, I walked run around Portsmouth for a while, which I would not advise. <laughs> Although he's written I would not advise, so maybe you shouldn't take his yeah. uh, his advice there either. Uh, and I saw a guy getting crowded and taking pictures with people. I looked and I was intrigued, uh, and then went about my merry way. Little did I know that it was the guy that was getting his pictures taken was Speedball Mike Bailey. Right. I did not know him at the time of the event, but as soon as he stepped out of the curtain, I recognised him and said. That's the bloke we saw earlier to my mate. He is such a good wrestler. The kicks, the charisma, even his entrance music are all top class. He's now one of my favorite wrestlers, and I've only seen one of his matches. Sorry, Dolph Ziggler's hundreds of matches I've watched. Speedball is class. Anyway, I had to go and meet the man himself, and what a pleasure it was to meet him. He was so humble, kind, and really genuine. He was clearly trying hard to please Rev Pro, as when I told him how good his match was and how amazed I was, he told me to, well, go and tell Rev Pro officials, and maybe I'll get booked for more shows. I thanked, hustling I like it yeah I thanked him and walked away obviously not before I grabbed a photo so you guessed that after all that I told someone from RevPro about the match and he said he would tell good old Andy Quilden owner and ring announcer of RevPro oh yeah I also got to meet Tyler Bate Pete Dunne and Trent Seven they were cool uh, and Pete Dunne is one <laughs> scary bloke they were just leaving the intermission to wrestle so I only got Tyler's picture unfortunately obviously pictures or it didn't happen and he has attached the pictures but he's attached them in the email and they're massive mm. um, I've actually had to copy the text from this email and put it into a notepad form because it just stretches across that's so annoying it is so annoying so i'm going to try and download the uh the, the images so i can show them to you uh cheers luke and ollie uh, you are legends and as creepy as it sounds you are my chosen podcast to listen to before bed best wrestling podcast by far closely followed by enc's pod of awesomeness oh, love cool. you bye reuben johnston good company i so I, I think i've told it before but i don't know if this person's heard it mm -hmm. i have a rusev nay what? For Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, because <laughs> you told this on Ramble Club, right? I, yeah, well, I, I got very drunk at a Rev Pro after party. There's the images, by I the way. I thought I saw... So that's Tyler Bate there. Yep, and that's a and, Ruben next to him. And that's Ruben. In his little... Um, Similar heights. NYC. And there's uh, t shirtless Speedball, Speedball Mike Bailey. Well, of course he is, doing a classic Speedball pose. With his gimmicks. Yeah, what a great guy. Yeah. He's such a good wrestler. I, I I think everyone who watches him wrestle gums away and goes, he, he's incredible. Yeah, he's That's great. That's exactly yeah. what happened to us. He yeah, got, yeah. We hadn't really seen him before, before we saw him in November. And he's one of our favorites now too. But yeah, so I got drunk after that particular first time when we saw him. And I was like, Fakador. That's Speedball Mike Bailey. Do you, want he, do you want to name drop whose party you were at? I was at Will Ospreay's after that. <laughs> and uh, Laurie goes... Yeah, I think it is. 
I was like, are you sure, actually? Because then I started to have second, like, doubts. And he goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, that, yeah that's Mike Bailey. Laurie was way drunker than I was. Mm-hmm. I was pretty drunk as it is. So I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna go over and, like, say what a great wrestler you are. I'm such a big fan now. Because I, I was happy. I was happy. It was a great show. And Laurie, as soon as I said that, I go, Phew. I don't know if it is him. <laughs> but I had already committed in my mind and heart to go over to him. So I just was like, I'm pretty sure it is, Laurie. I walk over and I said, are you speedball? My-? Halfway through. It's just like a 17-year-old kid <laughs> with acne. It looks nothing like him. I guess he's got similar hair. Mm. Nowhere near as muscular as Mike Bailey is either. Not the, I, I assume over the clothes you would see his size. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you're not Mike Bailey, are you? And he went, no. And I said, are you sure? And I said, yes. And I backed away. It's a good job he wasn't a fan of yours. I was like, okay. <laughs> I spun on my heel. Uh, we've got a big thank you email here from... Now, he did not spell it phonetically, even though I asked him to, because I get his name wrong every single time. <laughs> but I believe it's Jem. Sarah, but even though it's spelled Sem, okay. I believe it's Jem. Or Turkish him, maybe. Um, uh, guys, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you. Now, at the end of the year is approaching, or maybe just beginning, I wanted to thank you for entertaining me throughout the whole of 2018. You've made me laugh throughout the whole year, even in public, making me look like a weirdo. Ollie, the charismatic, awesome, and funny guy. Luke, the king of podcasts, enough said. And El Fagador Laurie Blake, the master of deception and fakeness. You have always felt like my friends, and I absolutely bloody love you guys. Cheers for all the smiles you put on my face on my saddest days. Cheers again to that guy who considers himself your friend, Jem. Oh, you cheers, are our friend, Jem. mate. Buddy pal. Absolutely, exactly. <coughs> uh, what other emails? Could we... Oh, this is an interesting one. So uh, a guy, uh, Louis Dangor, uh, got in touch with us to say, Hi, Luke and Ollie. I hope you had a great Christmas and New Year. My name is Louis, and I have been a $10 pledge hammer for the last six months and love your content. Thank you. And don't worry, I listen to Wrestle Ramble Extra contents. Uh, I've com- recently compiled a 2018 stats spreadsheet with the wins and losses, along with some other cool stats of every single wrestler on Raw Smackdown, 205 Live, and pay-per-view, including pre-shows, as some of us do actually watch those. I found out some interesting stats, especially that two of the four people with 100% record, win records in 2018, are Nicholas and Samir Singh. I would presume that is a statistical, like, you know, fib, really. Because the sample size isn't large enough. Uh, I thought I would share this with you guys and see what you thought. <coughs> Maybe you could use a stat or two in the news or ramble. Thanks for the consistent content and keep up the good work. Best wishes. So yeah, so the two, the, so the wins who have got a 100% win record uh, in 2018 uh, was Shawn Michaels, Samir Singh, Nicholas, and Flash Morgan Webster. But as you quite rightly pointed out, they all each only had one match. Mm. Um, Cedric Alexander uh, has got an 83% win rate with 29 matches and 24 wins. That's pretty good. Yep. I guess he was champion for a long time. Yes. And Brock Lesnar, um, who had six wins with uh, one loss uh, for another, and uh, for 83. Uh, and a, yeah, sorry, five wins and one loss uh, for an 83% win loss ratio. And aren't we loving that record? Aren't we just... just won't go away? So down at the bottom, who have we got here? Well, the 0%. Kurt Hawkins. 0%, zero you've got like Rhino, Victor, Kurt Hawkins, Sin Cara, Big Cass. Big Cass had a 0% win, which makes sense, I suppose. because he, he just came kept, back and lost. He just kept losing to Daniel Bryan all the time. Jericho. Uh, is that right? He's written here Adam Cole, but that can't be right. Adam Cole. Well, won. I guess if you class the Royal Rumble 
as oh uh, he hasn't counted nxt of course yeah i guess so uh, Fandango is uh, 27%, but let's go lower than that. 11%. Uh, Connor, so Victor, while got 0%, Connor what's, got 11%. What's the biggest... Now, well, it's because they gave Connor that weird push. That little mini push for a couple of weeks. He's the one with the potential. Yep. Who, who's the, the biggest name, you would say, with uh, a decent number of matches who's low there? Who's low here? Kevin Owens. Dolph Ziggler, I reckon. Kevin Owens, there. 36 matches, 8 wins, 26 losses. Jesus. 22% oh. uh, for his. That's quite a sad one. Killian Dane is uh, very far down the list. Kane, obviously. Um, Apollo Crews, 30. with said tw- big names. Sorry, big. yeah. Uh, the Miz, 30 matches with 20 losses. That's 30%. Oh. Uh, Mojo Rawley. Samoa Joe, 21 wins, 14 losses. Or 21 matches, rather, 14 losses. Uh, Jinder was a big star at one point. Uh, where are we? Andrade Cien Almas, 19 matches, 11 losses. Yeah, but those those 11 losses really made him a star. <laughs> Sorry, got the rub yeah. from, from all of those guys. He is actually lower than Noam Dar. Uh, and Dolph Ziggler. So you asked for Dolph Ziggler. That was 50 matches, so very big pool there. Uh, 50 matches, 22 wins, 27 losses. Because uh, he was actually the guy, and this is an int- this is why this came to mind, and I, 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 I know we need to wrap this up. Uh, but despite the fact that we have dubbed him Pin Balor, he has got more wins than a lot of Raw guys across 2018. I think that's more a testament of how 50-50 badly booked yeah. the rest of the roster is. So it's 58 matches with 33 wins and 24 losses, which is almost 50-50. Is, uh, yeah, it's uh, 57%. He's relatively high. <laughs> well, in terms of the other Raw guys... That's that's among the highest, mm. and you wonder why people aren't getting over. So anyway, we'll uh, crack on with our Wrestle Kingdom review. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and you've managed to get watch it by this point. But crack and show what is next for Kenny Omega? Because we just watched Wrestle Kingdom 13. That is New Japan's version of WrestleMania. It's a massive deal, and because it's on Japanese time. We watch it before the Americans. Well, no, we watch it at the same time. We just don't have to get up as early to watch it. That's not how time works. <laughs> the Japanese people watch it first live, then yeah. we get it, then the Americans get it. I see. Sorry. I was all... I was They've like got 4pm, we're 8am. Problem was, I was the kid there in the Kishida entrance, whereas you were actually Kishida. That thing has given me nightmares, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, waking nightmares. I haven't gone to sleep yet, but I see him in the corners yeah. of rooms, under desks... So uh, we're talking a, a load, every single title changed hands yeah. and every single person who is associated with All Elite Wrestling at the moment lost. Well, all the people, yes, all the people that are associated with All Elite Wrestling and all those people who are associated with the Elite lost mm. by extension. Yeah. When uh, they were launching All Elite Wrestling last year or when people were asking, hey, Cody, hey, Bucks, what's next for the Elite? They would always say, we're going to stick together. So a lot of people, myself included, assumed that Omega would be dropping the title here. The Bucks wouldn't pick up the tag titles and Cody would drop the US title to Juice Robinson. And that is, in fact, what happened. Yeah, it was it was everything that you thought would happen would happen. And, and you've got not just those core guys. Uh, you had like Hangman Page losing mm-hmm. on the pre-show yep. in the number one contenders gauntlet match. And Chris Jericho also lost but that was i mean those things were kind of expected i think we all thought jericho would lose to naito yeah so that doesn't necessarily say he's turning up 
this Sunday at homecoming. I think he would have done that regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you but, think he's showing up at homecoming? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. The Don Callis didn't. He talked about it. A, a yeah, I know, but he talks about it all the time. People thought he was going to be at Bound for Glory, and it was James Ellsworth. But uh, uh, the other thing is um, Kashida. I guess we haven't spoken about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost as well his junior heavyweight championship amidst all the rumours that he's going to WWE. So a huge changing of the guard, just like two years ago. That, that's. I really got that feeling from this show. Only you sort of knew it going in because mm. the the thing from two years ago when. AJ Styles, Gallows and Anderson, and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura left, is that we didn't learn this until after the fact. Like, the, the, the show ended, and then it was all reported that AJ's leaving, Nakamura's leaving, and uh, Gallows and Anderson are leaving. Whereas here, I think we all sort of knew it going in. It was a, And it was kind of an odd pay-per-view in that sense. It... I also think as well, coming off the back of like a really strong run of Wrestle Kingdoms, like you look at 9, 10, 11, and 12, that's four years of just like absolutely outstanding pay-per-views. This always had like a real big, it, it was a very high bar that it needed to get over. And I think it got over that bar, but I do not think it was as good as previous Wrestle Kingdoms have been. It's it's weird, isn't it? It was an excellent show. Amazing. An excellent show. Yeah. Um, and... It had, on paper, one of the best cards. I think, on paper, this was the best card of all of those shows we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So huge expectations going in, and we're in the position of going, but it was only excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Every match wasn't yeah. the best oh. match I've ever seen. And actually, what's going for this pay-per-view, it was only four hours. Mm, that a, was good. A really tidy four hours. It was about the same length as TLC, mm. and yet never felt like that. But back to Omega. Yes. So the key thing here is what's next for him? Him losing doesn't necessarily mean he's going to AEW. No. Um, But also him staying with New Japan doesn't mean he's not going to AEW. One of the the best ideas I've heard for the Tanahashi Omega storyline, which was Dave Meltzer's idea like six months ago when Tanahashi first won the G1 Climax, which is what gave him the briefcase to main event Wrestle Kingdom, was that... Tanahashi would win here, setting up a rematch at the Madison Square Garden show Mm. that Ring of Honor and New Japan are hosting because you kind of want a North American star there. And Kenny Omega doesn't wrestle often in North America at all. So to have him in Madison Square Garden and winning the title back from Tanahashi, Tanahashi doesn't need a long reign. He's like... He's an all-timer. He Mm -hmm. is one of the best... He's one of the best wrestlers ever. And, yeah, he's... This this is just like a short thing as the last title reign I think he'll ever have at the top. Mm. So that's one way. Or maybe Jay White wins it and Kenny Omega does go off to All Elite Wrestling and whatever geopolitical wrestling business stuff behind the scenes will... New Japan let Ring of Honor and AEW work with each other. Yeah, and it, that's a, it's a very interesting thing. The Jay White... Uh, factor I find very very interesting because I think that if 2018 sort of told you anything particularly at the start of 2018 it was like okay cool New Japan really like Jay White they they I mean they put him in his first Wrestle Kingdom in a match with Tanahashi like that's not like that's nothing to be sniffed at that's like going against the ace technically his first match yeah obviously he was a young boy but then he went away and when he comes back that was his first match not just Wrestle Kingdom like first match overall mm-hmm. so yeah so they very clearly very very high on this boy and then 2018, like the sort of trajectory of 
of Jay White. And it was after this show, or like after his match with Okada, I turned to you and said, like, he's their new Kenny Omega. This, it felt like this company thought, or Gado, you probably would say, this com- the Gado thought, I'm losing Kenny. I need a new Kenny. Jay's my new Kenny. Yeah. And, and that, that's what they're going with now. He's the next gaijin to, to start to put stuff behind and a lot of people are very apprehensive about this i think because you look at kenny omega and how excellent he is and just a, a lot of people have said that he doesn't deserve the bullet club leader slot you said on twitter when the show was going on some people were calling him bland uh yeah in fact well it was after i i put out a tweet saying that you know that jay white is the new kenny omega he's new japan's new kenny omega and i got a lot of responses back saying like but he's so boring Mm. he's really bland he is a charisma vacuum and i think that's that's unfair i'm not the biggest jay white fan but i mean you and i said when we were just before the okada match we're like god do you remember how like underwhelming his match was with tanahashi last year but you said that apparently it's better if you go back and watch it that's what i've heard but he has had a stellar 2018 i Mm -hmm. thought he you know that match against juice Juice robinson Robinson, at the g1 special was brilliant and he's been a great heel and And not just because of the josh barnett yeah (laughs) but that's a big part of it i really like jay white as a heel he's sort of in that way off but in that sammy callahan tomaso champa mold of just like out and out out and out heel but he's in the same vein and I, I mean, you know when stuff happens long enough, and I'm, I'm not there going, hey, White's the best, but Gado is. Yeah. <laughs> and Gado knows way more about wrestling than, I would say, everyone. Everyone on the planet. And he, he this exact same thing happened with Okada. When Gado was like, Okada's going to be our new ace because Tanahashi's winding down. Everyone was like, pfft. Akada, but now everyone loves Akada. Most people love Akada. <laughs> Same thing, January 2016. Oh, you're moving Kenny Omega up from a junior heavyweight to the heavyweight, and he's going to be the leader of the Bullet Club. I don't see this pattern yeah, out. Mate. He's no AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just he's no AJ. He wrestled that match against the the girl. How's he going <laughs> to the headline Wrestle Kingdom and the Tokyo Dome? That worked out too. So Gado has a, a track record. He does, and like I, I think it was Dave Meltzer was saying on Wrestling Observer Radio that like everyone always assumed with Gado that he books like six months, nine months in advance. He's always got he has a long term plan. There's a reason why New Japan stories always feel incredibly fleshed out is because they're not booking week to week. They're not changing their minds on a whim every single Monday. He has a plan, he has a start point, he has an end point, and then he will just go, we'll do this, 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 and this, and then we'll have a brilliant ending and a really, really cohesive storyline. But Dave Meltzer was saying, and I'm guessing probably because he's been having conversations with him in that way that Dave Meltzer often, like, the way he phrases things on Wrestling Observer Radio, is that Gato's actually booking two years of storylines at any one time. That makes me so happy. It, it's great. It's really good. But the problem there, if you're Gado and you're booking mm. two years worth of storylines, is then what happens when those guys go and you're sort of in the middle of telling a storyline. And I think this is what's happened with Cody, the Bucks, and Omega. Because you remember, like the first half of last year seemed to be like they were the main focus of that of that whole promotion, and the whole thing was building around Kenny Omega winning at Dominion and finally getting the belt off of Okada, the big coronation thing. And then, and you and I both said this while we were watching it. I don't feel like his title reign has felt like the mm. most important thing in the company since he won the belt. Maybe because that's when Gato realised, oh, all in's l- coming up. Exactly. I'm going to lose all of these yeah. guys, so I need to start making new plans. What's Jay up to? Yeah, and that's when Jay... I mean, Jay was al- always had a big yes. plans in store for him, but that's when they really geared up with him. Uh, I, I, it, it makes me think that Gato's so smart, he knows, he knows where people are going. Mm-hmm. So... He's, he's sort of Kevin Feige. 
<laughs> and New Japan is his Feige. MSU, and he knows that Chris Evans isn't going to be <laughs> captain of MSU. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and the And he knows Chris Evans isn't going to be Captain America forever. So he, he's he, this is like this is phase. This is the weird interim phase between phase three and phase four, where Ant Man gets released. <laughs> yeah. So that's maybe what this is. I yeah, I personally think Kenny Omega is going to go to AEW. Mm-hmm. His contract expires at the end of January. And he... Um, I don't see Ring of Honor letting AEW work with New Japan yeah, and jeopardizing that relationship. That's going to be a really fascinating time period as we sort of move into the, this AEW thing taking off and where the sort of Ring of Honor pieces fall into this puzzle. Um, and I suppose we'll know more tomorrow come New Year's Dash because mm. that will be like tomorrow when they do New Year's Dash that'll be here are what the storylines are going to be for the next 12 months or here's the people you need to be keeping an eye on for the next 12 months before we get to the next Wrestle Kingdom which interestingly is going to be set over two days next year mm. so I um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Jay White win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at some point. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say tomorrow. No, no, absolutely not. No, don't be silly. Or in the uh, at least one of the main events of Wrestle Kingdom next year, mm. depending on how how like, how like much of a rocket they want to strap to him. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Breaking. Breaking. 
We didn't have time to watch the pre-show. We didn't get in in time. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I still got up at half past five today because I needed to get my news stories sorted mm. out to, to do the Mecca news. And um, then, yeah, I got in, it was like eight o'clock when I got in. I was like, how did this happen? I got yeah. up so early. How am I still here? Only just, I, I missed the entrance of Will Ospreay. You missed the entrance of, well, I missed the entrance of Will Ospreay because New Japan World just wouldn't <laughs> load for five minutes. I was terrified. I thought you'd change the password. No. Because it wouldn't log me in. No, it was ob- obviously too many people were trying yeah, to get exactly, on. They yeah. put up a, a sort of sorry message on their front page yeah. saying, oops. Ah, yes, there was a lot of people. But that's probably a good sign for New yeah, Japan. Yeah. Surely. Um, but so you, I didn't see Will Ospreay's entrance either. But I saw Kota Ibushi's. It was a high spot. He <laughs> he jumped out the the stage mm. like he was Sin Cara, but yeah. without the botches. Rey so Mysterio, like, you mean? A bit like a bit like Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. Did you say enough. Sin Cara in the review? I didn't. I dropped the joke, oh. but I wanted to use it here. <laughs> and it, like they, what a way to start a, a, a show mm. with Ibushi oh. and Osprey. They are like Osprey. I mean. You can't, what can you say about them? They're, well, they're yeah. perfect. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Like I think Will Ospreay is one of my favorite wrestlers in the whole world. He's so so good, and like Kota Ibushi is incredible. Mm. And these two, in the last sort of month and a half or so, have really built a lot of interest in this match, particularly with their sort of like you know their anime shot style. Let's do some flips, pause, and we'll look at each other. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, they yeah. do all the, the anime stuff. And it's really built a massive lot of interest. So going into this show, this was one of my most anticipated matches. I, well, which which was a bit to its detriment. Like, by the end, I was like, that is that was an incredible match. And then I think about it a bit more and I go, but it wasn't a five-star match. <laughs> I'm such an entitled prick today. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is Wrestle Kingdom Day, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it is... But this was some hard-hitting stuff in here. I mean, let, let's, you know... Oh, as, my God, Aside from yeah. the, the beheading clothesline that, like, hope Abushi's okay IRL. But just, like, when he had him in the Tree of Woe and just started, like, kicking him in the face, it was like, this was as stiff as a dick at times. Yeah, so there was... Um, yeah, that was a great spot. Like, the, the whole thing, the whole match, was loads of flips and loads of really stiff, hard-slapping strikes. But that was all underpinned by story mm-hmm. and... That just the, the idea of Osprey idolizing Abushi and the commentary team did a great job of getting this over. Great Don Callis, commentary all night. Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton doing all the facts and Mike Tanay stuff. And Osprey, the story is Osprey idolized Abushi since he was 15, used to dream of wrestling Abushi, and now here he is. Mm-hmm. So they kind of start like it's such a weirdly intense dynamic between the two. Yeah. And Abushi doesn't look old, but I guess in this case he's the veteran, yeah. which just comes off a bit weird. But that particular spot. Abushi's trapped in the tree of woe, and Will Ospreay's just sitting there cross-legged, and he starts slapping him. Yeah. And then uh, Abushi slaps him slaps back. back. And they t- keep going at it, and then Osprey just kicks him in the head loads of times. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was just really, really good, um, and just so slick. And it was exciting to watch. Mm. Big, big fan of Will Ospreay. Big, big fan. Uh, the, the, other, the other spot, which plays off that anime gif that went viral last month, was... Abushi, try and imagine this if you haven't seen it. Abushi. So Osprey's on the apron. Abushi is leaning over the ropes on the inside of the ring. And he's got his feet on the bottom rope. He grabs Osprey by the waist. Does a deadlift German suplex over the top rope into the ring. And Osprey flips out of that and lands on his feet. And Abushi sits up like, ha, ha, ha. Got him. I just gave him a German suplex. I'm sure nothing went wrong. <laughs> 
and the crowd are going, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And Osprey stood up beside behind him, and it, when Ibushi slowly turns round after a beat and sees him, and his face drops, and Osprey's like, let's do this. It was it was amazing. Yeah, really, really cool. And Osprey picked up the win, mm. first title change of the night. That will be a running theme. Um, and yeah, kind of interesting to see Will Ospreay, after spending all of 2018 within the, the sort of junior division, to be possibly being moved up into the heavyweight division. That's what they put over on commentary. They were yeah. noting how much bigger Ospreay looked and how much weight he's put on to face Ibushi. And now he's won the never openweight title, which of course is an openweight belt. So I think this is the year that we'll see Ospreay transition into the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. And he'll be one of those guys with the Jay White. Yeah. And I mean, they've got a card. They've got Tanahashi. New Japan are gonna be fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Think. Yeah, like they have got such a stacked roster mm. that it's not like you know in Ring of Honor, like when they were losing everyone, they were like, oh god, who are we gonna build? Are the Beer City Bruiser? Can we build yeah. the company around him? I love Jay Lethal, but you know. <laughs> exactly. But like this is, they've got such a stacked roster that they're all right, lad. So there's there's one there was one bit in here when you talked about Stiff. This was this, one of the stiffest things of the night. It was Abushi's tribute to Shinsuke Nakamura, Oof, who, who's one of yeah. his idols. He did the Bomye knee, which is now called the Kinshasa. He freaking destroyed the back of Osprey's head, like and noggin and everything. Like it just like his eyeballs fell out. He hit him that hard in the back of the head. Yeah. It was like it was ludicrous. Like you know those glasses you have with the, the eyes on springs. <laughs> yeah. That's what Will Ospreay's eyes should yeah, be doing it was, right it now. Was, it was a wicked spot. Really, really cool. Loved the match. Um, th- there was great stuff all over, and mm. they nearly played up a ref stoppage near the end mm. after that clo- that yeah. forearm to the back of, or the elbow to the back of Abushi's head, but it was the Stormbreaker that won. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think this is this is very optimistic for Osprey for the rest of 2019. Yeah. I gave it four and three quarters. I think that's fair enough, <laughs> mate. Mm. Um, I was so... Dazed. I think we both were. But that was that was so intense and amazing. I missed that. Or like I was watching it, but it just washed over me. Yeah, the next two thirds of this match. And it, there was a period in time with, at Wrestle Kingdom where like the, the the junior tag team championship match was always. Sorry, excuse me. I'm still a bit full of cold. Um, the junior tag team championship match was always like, oh, this is going to be your big spot fest match. It may only be eight minutes, but good, good crikey, mm. you're going to see a heck of a lot of stuff within this eight minutes. But I don't think this match ever really felt like that. Yeah, I d- maybe I missed it. I really liked uh, Shingo Takagai, mm-hmm. who's the new LIJ, LIJ guy. I think he adds what that faction might be missing because you've got the cool Naito, you've got the, the really impressive athleticism of Sonada, you've got Bushi... And he's sort of Lucha style. And, and you've got Sonata's hair, which I think yeah, is... Sonata's is, hair, which I'm, wow. I'm pretty sure is another member of the group. You've got Evil with just looking really cool all the time. <laughs> and you've got Takahashi, who's currently out injured, but he would be the high-flying guy. Takagai, or Takagai, however you say it, mm-hmm. he is just meat. Yeah, he is. Like, And there was, there's a lot of comments on Twitter going like, is he a junior? I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm unconvinced he's right. a junior. <laughs> He's like in the bad Hollywood films where they send someone who's blatantly thirty a thirty five year old man yeah. back to school, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that that figures." Say so he's the Steve Bushy in that. How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. How do you do, fellow juniors? That should be a gimmick. Shouldn't it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, get someone like that on two hundred five live. <laughs> they did. They did with Gold Dust. Oh yeah, but that, they weirdly but, but didn't. do it properly. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but this this was, from what I saw, this was a very good match. Oh, absolutely. Nailed wrong with it. Um, lovely to hear Rocky on commentary. Mm, big, big fan of, of, of Rocky Romero's commentary. Um, and I think it was like when we, we talked about this on Ramble Club, I think, about like whether we would miss Rocky on commentary because they were like really starting to push Charlton into that role as well. But I like Charlton so much that I'm not there going like, I feel bad for Rocky. Yeah. Because I, I really, really like Craig. Uh, and they called him Craig Charles for a Craig second. Craig Charles. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> That's what I want. Craig Charles, but not in like Lister role. I want him in his Takeshi's Castle that, role. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Craig he's, Charles. What a wasik. That's what I want. He's got a history. He's made a career out of <laughs> voiceover, voiceovers for Japanese content. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah, I I really like Takagai. Lij won the belts here, so mm-hmm. every title changed hands. Yeah. Um, but that set up. All all five active members of Lij now have title belts. Exactly, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, very a very good match. Almost sounds like damning with faint faint praise here. Well, let's talk about the next match, which for me, I loved this match. Yeah, absolutely here. loved this because I love both of these guys going in. It was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii for the British Heavyweight Championship, a Revolution Pro title. Um, perhaps it was just our my, my British pride, perhaps, that was just like, ah, oh, yeah. Maybe it was just the fact that uh, Roberts was the referee. That I was just like, it's already my favourite match of the night. So, our, I, I guess, our new, since moving studios, but I guess it always was, our local promotion, 10 minutes down the road when they run your call, is Rev, is, is Rev Pro, this, this promotion here. Andy Quilden, the promoter, came out afterwards. Like you said, Chris Roberts was the referee. He's the referee for 90% of every British show ever. Oh, yeah, you, you would recognise him if you saw him. Probably not in Tesco's, but you would yeah. definitely recognise him at a wrestling show. And, and as soon as he puts a stripy top on. <laughs> oh, it's you! Yeah, yeah I didn't recognise you at first. But, uh, yeah, it was... It, I, I had pride seeing these two. I'm so, I did together. as well, yeah. yeah. A little bit. And we followed this feud over a year on Rev Pro shows. Yes. And they work tremendously well together. It's like this Suzuki goon running roughshod over Rev Pro, but yeah. then Ishii won the, the heavyweight title. And but yeah. after Matt Riddle sort of was he involved? Keith and, he had a shot. Yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, Suzuki had the belt for a little bit last year, and then uh, Ishii won it back. And yeah, and it's, it's interesting well because Suzuki Goon really do sort of have a bit of a, a stronghold on because they've had the, the tag titles for so long now. There, the, the number of shows where you and I have gone to saying like they're definitely dropping the belts tonight, yeah, and they never bloody do. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of it, we're like, oh yeah, it's because Zack Sabre Jr. and and Minoru Suzuki are really, really great, um, and. I, I just I think Zack Sabre Jr. has got incredible star presence about him. Mm. If you've only seen him in the Cruiserweight Classic, like that that for me that wasn't Zack Sabre Jr. It was like it was Zack Sabre in name it was Zack Sabre Jr. But it wasn't the true. Just the, he just looks like a prick. Like he just look like he looks like the sort of kid that would have bullied me at school, and I just won't like him anymore. But yet he oh, he's so cool. So were you saying babyface Zack Sabre Jr., which was the, the Sabre Jr. I was brought up on, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and the Cruiserweight Classic version. But he turned heel, like, middle of... Oh, no, no, start of 2017, late 2016. You're saying he... That's the real Zack Sabre Jr. And the real Zack Sabre Jr. is a prick. Well, I mean, I've, you've you've driven him around. Like, I, I'm, I've, <laughs> I haven't got that close relationship with him. He's... Yeah, he's dastardly. <laughs> <laughs> Does he just keep popping his colour every he's time? He's a he vegan, him? man. <laughs> he is. He loves dogs he's, and everything. Oh, he's got a heart oh. of cold... Um, <laughs> But yes, they had. I particularly like his video entrance. Yeah, submission master. No, I. <laughs> what, what's the? What's the? He is submission, submission master. master. Yeah, sexy but junior. And submission I, I, master. He, and he had a great little storyline 
last year in New Japan, where he essentially just ran through the entire promotion on his way through the New Japan mm. Cup. And it was like we we sort of chronicled that on, on Ramble Club, and it was really awesome to see Zach to to kind of get that push. And I'd really like to see him get some really big sort of push off the back of that into in into this 2019 era. And it's he's just so slick and so good at what he does. And it, he's the kind of wrestler that when you watch a match, you're not going to get the same match twice because he's thought of a new submission move. Yeah, you're not going to get the same... You're going to get a... Because as we found out in the New Japan Cup, if you watch all of Sabre Jr.'s matches back-to-back, it does get a bit samey. But the great thing about... Because it's all it's so submission-focused, yes. and the story of that tournament was him, his style, dominating everyone else. So the, everyone. They were all the same style of match. But what he's got with Ishii is so great because he can work over Ishii with all these holds. And then Ishii just classic no-sell stone pitbull comeback yeah. and does a, like some awesome strength stuff. But then Zack Sabre Jr. locks it in again. Exactly. And a really good he-go back in again. He-go yeah. back in again structure. Because what Zack sort of finds out is that it's very hard to tap out a fridge. Mm. And uh, I mean, he managed it, obviously, but uh, yeah. very difficult to tap out this this big truck of a man. Well, that's it. He, and he did win. He made... And it's crazy the way he won. But he, it was so strong. He made Ishii verbally submit. Well, he had to. He didn't have a hand free. Yeah, like, but he just, had to say, I quit. He could have done this. <laughs> like, uh, find a Nemo tap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the... What do you think? That's uh, no, no, no. I, 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 I think I agree. that the verbal, the verbal of saying absolutely, I quit yeah, like is, that, that is, is the strong. I'm, I'm making a joke just mm. because, like, literally every single part of his body was tied up by some other part. Zach has five arms. I'm almost <laughs> certain. Whenever he locks in submission moves, because like, I'm not quite sure how this is all working, but it looks awesome. It looks painful. I think he's some kind of Hindu god. I th- well, I would just shoots out another arm. Just pops his collar all the time. Yeah, though. yeah. It's one of the mean ones. I uh, so did, and this is a, a new submission name. So this wasn't Napalm Death. <laughs> it was something... Did you catch the name? I didn't quite catch it, and I couldn't go back and find it. I didn't catch this one. It, no. was, it was something like Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> it was something about the new year. It was great. He's And the other thing I would say about Zach, because I don't want this to just be like just me fellating Zack Sabre Jr. And, and how great I think he is. His promo work that he does in New Japan <laughs> is so, so good. He... Um, I don't know if you saw this. It, it wasn't at the fan event. I think it was the night before when they were sort of like hyping up this match. And um, he said, he goes, I'm going to snap Ishii like he's a twiglet. Then realizes what country he's in. Realizes that they don't have twiglets. And then has, feels like he has to explain what twiglet is. He goes, it's a very nuanced reference. <laughs> <laughs> he's very good. And uh, yeah, like this is a good way that I guess it's unfortunate he didn't win New Japan gold. But mm-hmm. this was a good way to give Zack Sabre Jr. a title win when all the other titles were busy. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's why the, the Rev Pro title was on here. And really strengthens that relationship between Rev Pro and New mm. Japan. Um, so that which is, which is really good for Rev Pro going into 2019. Another interesting wrinkle in the, the global A-E-D- wrestling mm. landscape. Yeah, global localization, you might yeah. call it. So I got this. I, got, I gave that 4.5. I thought that was an excellent, excellent match. Excellent match. Loved it. Um, next up, we had Gorillas of Destiny, the Bullet Club's Gorillas of Destiny. They're champions in this taking on LIJ which was the Sonata and Evil combination and the Young Bucks for me the standout of this was Sonata yeah yeah yeah. I thought he was real I, and I, I mean I, I love the, the Tamatonga and Tonga Lo because they're terrifying and I, I feel like I have to say I like mm. them otherwise they may, I mean I know they're, they'll tweet they're, you I know they're saying they're good guys now but when, you know how long is that going to last 
I'm, I don't want to be terrified of them again. So I may as well just stay terrified of them. Um, but for me, like, it's, it's Sonata and his brilliant beard and his awesome hair and his just... They, he has this, like, spot during this match. You and I couldn't quite believe what we were seeing, really, mm. where he just kept doing leaping crossbodies he would just leap from out of the t- uh, over the top rope to the outside with a crossbody hit someone they would fall down another person would get up and he'd be like okay back in the ring and he did like what eight of these like it was like yeah. six or seven of yeah. these it was a, a great an incredible number of them and it looked like he didn't even break a sweat you see that's my problem with it <laughs> <laughs> just it was so extraordinary and he's like he, because when when he was doing this, that's like the equivalent. I said to you, that's like twenty box jumps. That's exhausting. Just one of those. Is. It's like a really high box. You jump onto it and then you jump back off. It's exhausting. Yeah. He did infinite times that with these like moves in, and he was not stopping at all. It was just get up, back in, and yeah. go. And that there was a kind of Cesaro hot tag fire to him yeah. when Cesaro went through that period of those great hot tags where he just didn't stop, move, 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 move. Jay Lethal used to do a similar thing before Seth Rollins, where you know dive after dive after dive, and it's the same kind of spot. But the difference is, Sonada just does them and then stands up with this blank face afterwards. <laughs> Whereas Cesaro and Lethal would go like, come on, or yeah. have some bit of fire or charisma about And he yeah, is yeah, charismatic, but it just doesn't... I feel like he's not showing us that he cares, <laughs> which is weird because it's so impressive what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, I just... Yeah, but a huge fan of Sonada. I, um, I, I did enjoy... It was a weird match. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it because every match on this card was very, very different. Yeah. Here, it was the Tamatonga and Tanga lower and the Bullet Club cronies on the outside, Bad Luck Farley and... Uh, the other one is... Who's, who's not Bone Soldier. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he's yeah. dressed like a Bone Soldier. Yeah. Uh, he, they, they... It's a new year. They're good guys now, so they claim. So Tamatonga is trying to shake people's hands at the start, and everyone's like, I don't trust you. Yeah. And then uh, there's a great bit later where Tangaloa goes to break up a sharpshooter, and Tamatonga goes, no, 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 don't, don't, that's cheating. That's breaking the rules. (laughs) But then they get out the ring and push the bottom rope to evil anyway to break the submission. And that was all really funny, but I just don't think... That's the most effective use of the Bullet Club right now when they're lo- they're, they've just lost all the big elite players. Yeah. You want to make them a bit more... I mean, ta- as you said, Tamatonga is such an intimidating psychopath kind of guy. Just double down on that side of it. But maybe like the, the story that they're telling is that they are going to do this good guy thing of being like, hey, you know, we need to try and appeal to the fans. We're going to be like these good guys now. I'm good guy Tamatonga. Look at me. I'm not the bad guy anymore. I'm not going to start Twitter beef with the WWE guys anymore. I'm a, I'm a good guy. And then eventually he'll just snap and go back to his terrifying psychopathic state and then just start annihilating people again. And maybe that'll be the, the, the direction that they're going with this. I definitely think that's what's going to happen. But I think that the, the Bullet Club appeal is hugely to the the rest of the world market and most of those people are only going to watch Wrestle Kingdom mm. so my my, my argument yeah, would good, be yeah. to do that it's on this point. show to, yeah, yeah. to give them a new burst of energy into 2019 just like you did with with Osprey and, and Zach mm-hmm. uh, but they, they they doubled down on the LIJ winning more titles here very much so so yeah. both sets of tag belts LIJ, LIJ now have yeah this is one of my uh, so in the, the Wrestle League predictions we didn't actually have time to do a predictions videos but we did mm. do predictions for the show um, I, I've actually got the, the results if you'd like them 
Uh, I mean, I won. I can tell you that much. Well, you're um, you're drawing with me overall now. I am. Yeah. So I scored uh, ba -ba -da -ba -ba -ba, seven. You scored six, and Laurie scored five. So you and I are drawn on twenty-three. Laurie is on twenty-four. That's close. So I would be bloody winning if it hadn't been for hashtag Tablegate. Which which one's Tablegate? Well, that's where I predicted the correct amount of tables that were uh, broken, but you wouldn't count the announcers' No, we table. talked about it. Well, ta um, hashtag Tablegate. Back to this this tag match yes, though, absolutely. rather than Luke's whining. Uh, I what. It was kind of sad that the young but I, I felt sad for the young bucks. I did as well. But this didn't feel like a a, a farewell match. Mm. Like they just sort of felt that they were there, and that's and I'm not saying as a knock on them. It never felt like they were the focus of this match, and maybe that's because the you know they're off to AEW. They've signed their contracts with with well you know they're, they're expected to be signing their contracts with AEW. So you don't want to put too much focus on them. But this almost felt like it was a tag match between Lij and the Bullet Club. But the Young Bucks were just there. I, I disagree. I think the Bucks heavily featured in the match and and they were excellent as they always yeah. are. It's just they didn't. They they never really. It's not that they even felt like they were in second gear. It felt like their minds were elsewhere mm. almost. Uh, I just. It, I, I, maybe it's just because I'm sad. <laughs> maybe it's because I want everyone to be friends and all the wrestlers to work with everyone. Yeah. The Young Bucks have had an incredible run with New Japan, and I feel like that's kind of... They've got so many home promotions, PWG, Ring of Honor, but I feel like this is this is my home for them, mm -hmm. and this potentially being their last match, I was... I was I was sad watching yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. Uh, I I gave this four and a quarter. I, st I feel still thought. Oh no, just four. I thought it was a very good match. Still. Hmm. Uh, then we got Juice Robinson beating Cody Rhodes for the U.S. title. Yeah. So I I didn't see this match because I had to come and record the Mecca News. So I hmm. actually I missed this match. Well, I'll I'll run it down for you. Thanks, man. Cody cheated a lot. Yeah. And Juice Robinson won in the end. Yeah. So I've seen some of it because I had to get the images for your review and it literally like, you said in your review it says like in the opening minutes uh, Cody tried to use the belt he feigned a knee injury and Brandy uh, like got on top of him to protect him and I was like oh, okay cool so I'm like sort of skipping around trying to find the images and I was about I skipped like 30 seconds into the match and I found the Brandy Rhodes spot and I was like oh he's got this all out of order I'm going to have to try and find where all these other bits are now and then I went back and I found and it came up saying Cody versus Juice of the oh, bottom, right and they yeah. were like they were punching each other, and I was like, I still can't find this. It's because like the title bit came even before that. So it's yeah, as the bell rings, it was yeah, yeah. and it, so it really was like in the first 40, 60 seconds of this match, those three things had happened. Mm. He was definitely the heel of this match. I love Cody, I love Kenny Omega, and I understand that they wrestle like New Japan continuity is kind of different to being the elite continuity and all in continuity. But I do find it hard to to invest in their character arcs because they change so much. Like half of 2018 for Kenny Omega was Kota Ibushi showing him that he can be a good person and still have his friends. Look at that video that's at the start of uh, Dominion. Yeah, like that's what it's all about. But then the the next month he's back to being a dastardly heel with Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, yeah, that was and, uh, your complaint like, well, of that match. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, well, what's what? How? How does that work here? It feels like you undermine all the good stuff that happened beforehand. It's the same with Cody. Yeah. So that Brandy spot where she gets on Cody to protect him from Juice Robinson's top rope move, that was the exact same one as the NWA title match at All In. But here it's a heel move 
there it was a face move. I I still thought it was heelish, and everyone was like, "No, she was protecting her husband." I was like, "What in a in a <laughs> fair cheating. wrestling match?" <laughs> yeah. uh, so I just. I find it hard to... I just wish they would stick to one character because Cody is so good at all the heel stuff. It's just a shame that he's back to being good guy Cody everywhere else. And I actually thought this with Omega in the main events. I got, while I think that Omega is, is a really, really great babyface, that match the, in the, the main event did remind me a lot. It was like, God, he's a great heel though, mm. isn't he? God, he's such a good heel. He's a really effective heel as well because the crowd really getting behind Tanahashi, I mean, the crowd were behind Tanahashi regardless anyway, but Kenny's heel work oh, yeah. made the crowd even more behind Tanahashi. Well, I suppose we'll, we'll come on to yeah. when we get to the match. But this was, um, it, it, I, I wasn't too high on this match. It was still, I still gave it three and three quarters. It was still fun. But uh, it, it was the classic stuff of making the referee look stupid. Brandy Rhodes hit a bionic... L, uh, bionic shoulder spear and Tiger Hattori the referee pretty much saw it and only th- put her out to ringside yeah. it was just and then like Cody's got the weight belt whipping Juice ah. but the, the interesting thing to me was Juice hit one pulp friction near the, to, for the finish and then he waited hit another pulp friction and then waited like three four seconds and then made the pin I was like okay he stalled Cody's gonna kick out Cody took the pin so that is a very definitive finish and that says to me, Cody is not going to be around in New Japan anymore. Yeah. That title changed hands a lot last year. It's almost like they don't care about it. <laughs> I don't know what would make you suggest that. Yeah. Uh, so this was this was fine. It's great that Juice Robinson is is a champion. Um, uh, was he champion before? Yeah. He, well, yeah, he won yeah. it. So, yeah, maybe they should have held it off. I don't know. Uh, but Juice Robinson's another one of those guys with Osprey and White who can be the next class yes. that WWE can steal in three years' time. <laughs> or go to AEW. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Uh, then we got Taiji Ishimori versus Kushida, which had that nightmarish <clears throat> tiny kid version of Kushida, who I'm calling Kid Shida. Nice. And it was, oh God, it was awful. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. So I hear the images for the uh, the review. This child comes out dressed as Kushida in the Time Splitters outfit, the Back to the Future outfit, Marty McFly's one, with this really realistic Kushida it's so realistic. head mask. It looked like um, Big Head Mode on yes. 2K19. Yeah, it was terrifying. And he's going like, oh, I'm doing all the poses. Then Doc Brown runs out, someone playing Doc Brown, I can't remember his name. And he's like, Taguchi, no. isn't it? Is it Taguchi? I think so. And he goes like, you've, you've come too early. You need to go back in the machine. So he goes back and then he turns into yeah. current, current day Kushida. But it did lead to a lot of good Don Callis commentary during this match. Where he just kept accusing him of blowing up a child. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he killed a child earlier. But then they'd go, that's brilliant. <laughs> Don Callis was in favour of blowing up a child. Don Callis had a incredible night of commentary. Yeah, all, all three of them. Kevin, yeah. uh, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis are my favourite commentary team in wrestling. So good. And it's such a shame that they're not together as much as they can be. Yeah. And the, the added spice of Chris Charlton with yeah. his juicy, delicious facts. He's just got his big book of facts. Oh. But he doesn't actually have a book because it's all in his head book. Yeah. And he just go, it would just like flick a page until go ref, cross reference things and then just lay on you loads of brilliant stats. And you're like, God, that's interesting. Yeah. And he's, he's there to say what the Japanese people are saying when the Japanese people have the, the rudeness to not talk <laughs> in my language. 
God. Heel move. Heel. So- they're all heels. That's that's the way to get heel heat in WWE. Is, Talk a foreign language. Yeah. Uh, but this match, I, I guess we're. This is another match that's a victim of the junior heavyweight division's overall standard recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I th- this was a this was a very solid match, but I was thinking of better matches with both guys with other people. Yeah, I, I think that's very, very fair. So Ishimori and Takahashi's Best of the Super Juniors final was just sublime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen Kushida wrestle so many great matches. His match with Will Ospreay last year. Yeah, was yeah, exactly. Amazing. And the, the, last year it was the four-way mm-hmm. with with uh, Kushida, Takahashi, Skirl and Ospreay. Yeah. And I just felt like, although these two were really, really good together, Ishimori's snap German suplex when he baseball slides out of the ring is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I just I I never felt this match leveled up to uh, to super super good. Yeah, no, but it was I, still I an excellent match. I feel so ungrateful. Right well, absolutely now. no, and it, and it was an excellent excellent match, but it it didn't have the sort of the blow away. Like there will be there's going to be very little of this that's uh, gift shareable. No, um, and that was the only bit of gold I think that went to Bullet Club mm. all night because Ishimori yeah. is Bone Soldier, and Kashida losing here might be a sign that he's on his way to WWE. Yeah, Dave Meltzer was the one who reported that uh, mm. they were very, very interested in signing Kushida, and he is responding in kind. Ooh. So, um, yeah, could be NXT bound. Could yeah. see him in the crowd at um, TakeOver. Maybe not Phoenix. Phoenix, all oh, right. Maybe not Phoenix, maybe in um, New York slash New yeah. Jersey. It's New York, man. <laughs> Don't say New Jersey. Sorry. Ugh, Next New Jersey. <laughs> Next up, we got Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White in another match that's kind of it was it was very good. I enjoyed it when I watched it, but Okada and Wrestle Kingdom has had some of the best matches of all time over the last couple of years. So when he goes in there and has something that's underneath four and a half stars, in my opinion, yeah. I'm like, ah, okay, yeah. Ah. Uh, Ollie's got a. a, a- very well it's a famous quote within the office whenever we were picking the top five matches for ramble club which is which is that i won't get out of bed for anything less than four and a half when we were like reviewing things to to talk about in our best five matches of the month so this would have been a match you would not have got out of bed for i thought you were going to say a different quote which was me as this match was going on saying you're all (laughs) you're all wrong a card is winning. I know how Gado books things. Yeah. <laughs> a Carta never loses at Wrestle Kingdom. That was you said. A Carta and Tanahashi never lose at Wrestle Kingdom unless they're wrestling each other, in which case one of them has to lose. Yeah. That's what I said. I thought I was so confident. <laughs> I, I was like, well, that's the one I'm going to get right, and everyone else is going to get You're wrong. You're all idiots. <laughs> and it's just I, I thought White would have a good showing against a Carta, but ultimately a Carta would win, and maybe. Four years' time, White would beat Akada at Wrestle Kingdom. But the story they're telling instead is that Akada cannot beat Jay White. Yes. Uh, I think I still stand by my reasoning, but I get why they did it. Gado kept on trying to interfere in the match, but every time it was not effective. There's this brilliant moment outside where Gado, who was, of course, Akada's manager, but he, he turned on him to side with Jay White mm. and join the Bullet Club. And Gado does this like really weak forearm. Not as weak as that initial chair shot when he turned here, which was just a... <laughs> the tink heard around the world. Uh, but it was just this forearm on the outside while White was over the barricade. And Akada, just, it did, he couldn't have moved less. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was the, it was the bit yeah. in Pokemon where the, 
that the HP bar doesn't move. And you're like, mm-hmm. that was a good, that was, I tackled I, I did you, a really good there. And Carter just turns around. He's like, no, mate. T- chucks him over the barricade, does the crossbody. And there's a, there's a chair spot later on where Gato tries to interfere. And it backfires again. So this was, although there was there was heel interference, none of it actually hurt Okada, mm-hmm. which me I, I chalk this up as a clean victory. It's oh, a the, very I, clean victory. I would for say White. this was one hundred percent. This is a big, big win for Jay White. This is a win over this company's golden boy for the last couple of years at Wrestle Kingdom, mm. no less. I think this was a a huge, huge win for Jay White. Um, I was thinking about the people sort of turning against Jay White. So not turning against him, but... No, it's not being sold on well, him. Well, yeah, I say you can't really turn against someone you've never been on side mm. with anyway. So, yeah, I guess people just can't get into the idea of Jay White being the leader of the Bullet Club, being the new Kenny Omega, being the next uh, gaijin, top gaijin in, in New Japan. Do you think that it would have been... People would have been more behind this idea if it was Osprey? Because you still would have had the same things. You'd start the chaos, chaos Kenner connection. Yeah. You could have had the Gado turn, but rather than it would be white, you'd have had it with Will Ospreay instead. Oh my God, that's a much better idea. Thanks. Yeah, and, and you get there's so much history this year to play off because, or last year rather, because they had that thirteenth anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something the forty fifth. Where was the junior heavyweight show. champion versus the heavyweight yeah, champion? Yeah, yeah. In a non-title match, and oh, that would have been a fantastic story. Hmm. What you essentially said there is, I'm better than Gato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Osprey as the leader of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I sit corrected. Mm. Um, but that's not to say that Jay White won't turn out. Oh, yeah. No, as... absolutely not. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to. Because Gato has proven over time. Yeah. He's, he's proven time and time again that if you just give him, give him a year, give him 18 months, you will love this guy. And it's one of the things I love about New Japan, and we actually said this in our Wrestle Kingdom review last year. Look how far we've come in that year as well. Look how different this all looks. Yeah. But um, in, we said this at the time last year, and, and after New Year's Dash as well, is that when WWE starts to push someone, and they're like, this is our guy. We're so, we're so behind this guy. And as soon as the crowd don't buy into it, we're like, no, nah, we're done. Mm. You, you couldn't get over it, kid. We, tr- we tried. We did everything we could, but the crowd... They just won't buy into you. Whereas Sorry, G- Apollo Crews. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we'll try again in six months. So yeah. We'll see how we get on. Whereas Gato is just like, no, I'm going to make this work. Mm. He is the guy I have chosen. We're going to do this storyline. I've mapped it all out, and we're just going to do it. And eventually, it will work. Roman Reigns. I mean, Vince did have Roman Reigns. Gato does it with a lot of people. Yeah, though. but Roman, the, he, leukemia worked for Roman in the end in, ter- in getting people on side with him. I don't think that's uh, that Vince McMahon's booking well, no, no, strategy. That's what I'm saying. It's like Vince was just like he was going to steamroll ahead with Roman, despite what people were telling him. Mm. But like now, everyone's like, "Yeah, we quite like Roman actually." Well, at least we like Joe Anawaii. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. You threw me off. There. Sorry, mate. Jay White is good. He is good. <laughs> he is good. But the problem is, I he 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 was put. He had to have a great match. That's where I think the the flaw in this strategy is. Yeah. Because if Okada does, like I said, if he has anything less than a four and a half star match, like Tanahashi did last year with Jay White, it's not what White needs at this stage in his career. Maybe a slower route would have been better. Whereas, like you said, Osprey, he's already there. So mm-hmm. next up, we got Naito versus Chris Jericho. Aye, for the uh, Intercontinental Championship, a no DQ match mm-hmm. because it is Chris Jericho, and that that's what he does these. Uh, in his uh, his goth phase, 
He's he's a fuzzy goth. Fuzzy goth. Fuzzy goth. He came out with these this jacket with spikes all over it. It looked awesome. Yeah. I was worried he was gonna use that as a whip later on, mm. but he didn't. Uh, and this was, I th- th- there was a period about midway through this match where I got a bit bored, hmm. and then they completely won me over again five minutes later, and I ended yeah. up loving the match. I thought this was a really really yeah. awesome awesome match, and. It was brutal as well. I think Brian Alvarez was saying on Twitter is that Naito was determined to kill himself in this <laughs> match. Because <laughs> Naito took a heck of a bump on a DDT onto a table. It was, it was like Rob Van Dam levels of selling a, like a DDT or the RKO. You know when like RVD used to like jump so he was vertical to take the RKO? It was basically what Naito did for this DDT. I think Naito might be my new Inception... Uh, it's well, a totem thing, totem yeah. Because thing, yeah. if if Naito doesn't fall over when he gets DDT'd on something, yeah. I know I'm in a dream. Uh, but this, yeah, th- I like the way this match was structured because, especially the opening part where Jericho came down all cocky, Naito attacks him right away and just wails on Jericho for about five minutes, An including uh, yeah, mirror of their Dominion match, exactly where it was the opposite, and including like this awful looking. Uh, pile driver was it a pile driver it was a pile driver wasn't it on the the ramp on the ramp yeah Uh, and then but then Jericho started to come back and he did all these heelish stuff there was a few minutes where Jericho just walked around getting the heat (laughs) it was great yeah he was like just swearing at the crowd going come on he rang the bell at one point (laughs) that was my (laughs) favourite bit he rang the bell and then just started walking around celebrating turned the referee to raise his hand you got Don Callis going like well I mean the bell rang (laughs) (laughs) and Reggie says you didn't win (laughs) don't try and get me Jericho got this amazing two count and Don Callis thought he'd won the match as well and he's like it was a Canadian three yeah, that would have yeah. been a three count in Canada uh, but yeah after this after that whole bit which was you know really good brawl for I, I guess like 16-17 minutes the last five minutes of this match were incredible yeah. just on the uh, we were on the edges of our seats it was just near fall after near fall so many times I was convinced Codebreaker that's it Destino, that's it. And yeah. they kicked it. And it wasn't like the usual overdone, you kick out of my finisher, I kick out of yours. It felt different. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the last, the difference maker was Naito whips Jericho into the corner. And this is a mark of great storytelling in a match. The camera doesn't even show it. It's just Jericho coming towards the corner. And I'm like, oh, the turnbuckle! <laughs> because Naito, at the start, had ripped off the turnbuckle cover from the, the turnbuckle, exposing the, the, the ring post. And that never played into anything. Mm-hmm. And as Chris Charlton, great call on commentary, went, Chekhov's gun is smoking. Yeah. On, I think that was later on, but it applies here as well. Yeah, I think that was the, the table in the Omega yeah, match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they did yeah, the, the Destino for, for the, the final pin. If I had one criticism that I would throw against this match, mm. it would be, and, and I, I find that Jericho does this sometimes in, in matches where it doesn't need to be. He had this spot where I think it was Naito went to do the Destino and Jericho pushed him off like into red shoes and to be like, so he could then do a move behind the referee's back. It's no DQ, mate. It doesn't matter oh, if yeah. you low blow him when the referee's back's turned. That's not a heel move. It's no DQ. I didn't think of that. I, I forgot. Yeah. I don't know why I kept forgetting because it was quite clearly an ODQ match. Yeah. The ring was covered in chairs. But we said this last year with it, it was Jericho Omega's mm. match. And they kept doing like building spots around rope breaks. Yeah. And I was like, but it's no DQ. That's a very good good point. Mm. But again, Naito won. That is five members of LIJ, the junior heavyweight tag team champions, mm-hmm. 
the heavyweight tag team champions and the intercontinental champion. Aye. Pretty good faction right now. They're doing all right for themselves. But as great as that was. Oh, also Jericho lost. I, he's he's more up in the air. He could go anywhere. He could turn up at the Royal Rumble. He he he's a very unique person in wrestling. I wouldn't be surprised if the if he does sign with AEW, it's not an exclusive contract, mm. and he's probably got the sway to be able to say. I don't want it to be an exclusive thing, so I want to be able to do the cruise uh, again this year, which I'd love you guys to be a part of. Yeah. Love to do some more stuff with New Japan, maybe do some shots with uh, WWE, depending on what his relationship's like with that company at the moment. So, yeah, I, I think that he's very much a unique specimen mm. within this. But he has got a countdown timer currently. Yeah. Uh, but the main event, as great as all those matches were, I was, I was blown away by this. You loved it, didn't you? Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. I, against the... Uh, protestations of you and Laurie made Hiroshi Tanahashi my the, the Wrestle Talk's best wrestler of 2018. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got no qualms about him being number one. It's just I was very much pushing for Volta to get that position. But I wanted, I wanted Tanahashi. <laughs> well, you get the final say on things. Yeah. Well, not, 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 not only if I feel this was one I felt very strongly on. Mm-hmm. I think Tanahashi's comeback story in 2018 like through the G1 the the three match series with Okada is was sublime just everything he's done he's changed up his style he's a much more cerebral wrestler now i was never into tanahashi when he was the old tanahashi but this this grizzled veteran logan tanahashi yeah i adore and it was it was and again it's this wasn't a feud that I was into. Do you remember when this started about two months ago? Mm-hmm. And it was based around Omega going, your style of wrestling's boring. All you do is those moves. You do the same match every time. I can't wait to see the final five minutes of your next match. Exactly. And Omega's saying, like, I, you know, he tries to do things differently. And I'm like, well, you're talking about wrestling as if it's a performance now. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't do... I, I'm not a fan of that when you're selling a real thing. But... They, it sounds like they've changed it in the build to being about different approaches to wrestling philosophy. And you, this was a this match was as much of a clash of ideas as it was about a clash of two men going for the title as it was as they got over so well in the opening five minutes. Two guys who just hate each other. Yeah, and Omega beat the f out of this oh. old dude. Like he was like, I'm just going to beat the holy heck out of you, and he beat him from pillar to post. But. The, the brilliance of Tanahashi and the reason why and this crowd was going crazy for Tanahashi and it's not just because the Japanese crowd and the New Japan fans love the ace they love them some ace and his glorious glorious hair um, they it, it wasn't just that you also had Omega's heel work making the crowd want to cheer Tanahashi even more it was like everything came together in this match mm. absolutely brilliant because Tanahashi is an amazing baby face in peril Great. And he was in peril for a large portion of this match. But it never felt like, you know, we criticized WWE a lot for this, for being like, uh, the heel was on top for 95%, and then the babyface made a comeback and they won. Like, this never felt like it was that match, despite the fact that this was mostly Kenny Omega working over Tanahashi. Well, I think it's because there was such a... There wasn't a rest hold in sight. Yeah, there wasn't that. And there, there wasn't, was there? <laughs> no, was, wow. There wasn't a Baron Corbin neck crank. Like, that's what this match was missing. I can't <laughs> remember what... a single rest hold on the entire show. I mean, I'm sure there was. That's why it's so unheated. I mean, there were no ad breaks that you had to <laughs> exactly. come back from. So, <laughs> As Wrestle Kingdom rolls on. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, 
but it was it was because they added this extra layer of the story which was Kenny does this rise of the terminator dive over the top rope onto Tanahashi he got so much air but he didn't get much of Hiroshi <laughs> he got more of the ramp he land he couldn't have landed much worse yeah and it looks like he landed with his heel ramming down on the ramp and i i struggle I struggled with whether that was real or not. You did. You at one point said, "God, I hope this is a work." Yeah. Because then, that, uh, then led to that spot in which Tanahashi essentially set up to do the the dragon whip, and we were like, "Oh, the, like the dragon screw," and we were like, "Oh no." He's in a very awkward position there. And he did it. And it looked so vicious. That was when I thought, it has to be a work. They wouldn't yeah. have done that spot if this wasn't a work. But when you watch it back on the replay, it was 100 so safe. But it, they made it look brilliant. Yeah, it was off the second row. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, th- that's how good both of these guys are. But I, I just just decided it was all real <laughs> for, for, the whole, for the whole match. Yeah. And that the Chris Charlton call earlier Chekhov's gun smoking holy is, hell like this is a this is a match based around two different warring ideologies about wrestling what Hiroshi in that it's you know about respect and in the ring and you sell it between the ropes although he does a lot of high fly flows to the outside mm-hmm. yeah despite his bad knees and back and Omega's style which is like no I'm more exciting I'm more dynamic I, there's hardcore elements I get out tables Despite their, what are the rules in New Japan? I don't know, but they're 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 saying that. And Omega gets out the table. It's Chekhov's table, right at like near the start of the match. After this incredible snap moonsault off the barricade. Oh man, it was great, wasn't it? And that stays there for ages. And Tanahashi once just teases. I might use that. He's like, no, no, I won't. That's a that's Kenny's thing. I will not give in to hate. But then Kenny finds himself on the table. Hiroshi goes up to the top rope for the high fly flow to the outside. Omega rolls out the way. Oh, oh what a! La- I mean, I say what a landing. What a bad landing. High fly, high fly splat is what it was. Like it was just he just crushed onto the mat, like through the table, and that table splintered like a mother effer, and it just was like oh, stuck inside of me. It was yeah. bleeding from like the enamel that came off. It looked rough looked rough and then when he did the other high fly flow and Kenny Omega got the knees up very like I mean you and I you said it and I completely agreed with the tongue because I was thinking the exact same thing it's the best knees up reversal I've ever seen yeah it was so late in the day and it it felt it almost felt like he need him as he came down yeah. it wasn't like here my knees you land on them it's I knee you yeah <laughs> I knee you in the gut as you fall onto them it felt like a mate like they'd plan the spot like okay I'm gonna do the move to you now and Omega was lying there going like I'm just gonna get my knees up yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not losing my title <laughs> exactly. um it was it was a it was an incredible match that just kept on yeah. getting more brutal it went 40 minutes in the end uh I I, I loved it I just. Yeah, I, th- I thought it's a five-star match from me. Yeah, and it was a lot of like Omega really beating down Tanahashi. And just when you thought, okay, well, this is where Tanahashi's going to get his hope spot now. Nope, it was a V-trigger to the face instead. And it was just like you were waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting for that Tanahashi comeback. But the longer you waited, the better it, it got. It was, it was a, a, a tremendous, tremendous match and saw Tanahashi win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for an eighth time. Mm-hmm. Um, he is your new champ. Great, great stuff. I was thinking about what you said about the referees then about what's the rules of like New Japan and why aren't the referees in charge and I just thought to myself like it says a lot about New Japan referees when Roberts is the most reliable referee on this whole show yeah yeah, uh, but he's a great referee <laughs> people run all over him yeah <laughs> so Suzuki's act is chopping him <laughs> pretending <laughs> to chop him 
but that's I, an absolutely incredible pay-per-view. I gave it five out of five. Uh, although not as good as last the last couple of years of Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, we're, we're rather spoiled. We certainly are when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. What about you? I, I would agree with you. I thought it was a brilliant show from top to bottom. I, I thoroughly enjoyed every match. Uh, I, I mean, it's the one match I didn't see was the, the Cody Juice Robinson match. But from what I've gathered and what I've seen on Twitter as well, it's probably the one match I didn't need to see. Mm. So, But I, I, I really enjoyed every single match. And the matches that I really, really enjoyed, like the Ishii Sabre Jr. match, the Will Ospreay uh, match, and the, the main event. Actually, Naito Jericho and Vega yeah. and, and Carter and White. I just, oh, that was brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. What do you, what do you make of my what I wore today? It's uh, it's very Alan Partridge, but I like it. I think it's Alan Partridge. No, it's, it's only because like it's it's what I used to wear at golf breaks. Oh, what? In that, but this is this is. I, I think I'm I'm meshing that style. With a bit of fun, youthful pop so for of those, colour. So for those who are listening and obviously cannot see what Ollie is wearing, unless you go to the YouTube version and watch, he is wearing a very comfy-looking jumper with a denim shirt. Mm. So he's bringing a bit of uh, Westlife, Westlife vibe uh, to proceedings with the denim shirt, um, but keeping it comfy with uh, the very nice jumper. Keeping it warm and toasty. Good good colour on you, though. I, I And th- good colour combination. Tan would be very proud of that colour combination. That's what I was thinking, yeah. right? I got this. This was a jumper from Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to break out some... Ju- I got So last year, I got grey jumpers. I got three grey jumpers for Christmas. This year, I got three red and maroon jumpers. from different. These are from different wow. people. Yeah. So I don't know what vibe I'm giving off. A maroon vibe. A maroon apparently. vibe last year. A yeah. maroon, not maroon five. <laughs> a maroon vibe. Oh, oh. <laughs> my jumpers. I don't know. Do they have a song um, that goes like that? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, you think the Rocky? <laughs> oh, oh. It's the first. I think it's the first album. Songs for Jane. Oh, good pull. I was at I was at school yeah. when that came out. So this is like. Early 2000s, maybe 2000. Oh, I was in six forms. Three, maybe 2002, 2003. It was the, It was around the time I became uh, awakened to what kind of music I liked, mm-hmm. mainly because I know I didn't like this. 2002. Um, there was a song actually on that album. Though. This is the first song I'd heard by Maroon Five. I hadn't heard in the prior years. Love. It's not that one. Well, no, but that's the one I was doing. Yeah. Oh, right. I see right. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But there was a track on that album called "Harder to Breathe," and it's. It's getting harder, harder to, and harder, harder to, to breathe. breathe. And I was like, this is a cool sounding song. I bet you this band are actually quite cool. And then you listen to the album, you're like, oh no, they're the antithesis of cool. My mum would like this band. This is Comfortably Magic Radio. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. In 10 years' time, Magic are just going to love all of this. And they're going to play a lot of this on, on loop. Um, although my wife does like a bit of Maroon 5. Because it's, she likes generic music. It's just enough above average mm. to, for everyone to play it. And for, for people to think that it's okay to publicly admit liking, yeah. like some people think they like Coldplay. Well, you say this. So for last Christmas, friends of mine, my one of my very good friends, in fact, I'm going to name and shame him, Adam Mason, uh, as one of his Christmas presents, got tickets to see Coldplay mm. in concert. and To he, heckle. And he had a good time because he likes Coldplay. Unashamedly, he's just like, I think Coldplay are good. While Coldplay were, oh no, I didn't go to see Coldplay at Glastonbury. I watched a cooler band, and I made <laughs> I made a big deal that I did that, and I made a stance. Yeah, I just uh, I I really like their first few albums. 
up to rush Russia blood to the head. But something happens around X and Y where they're just like, no, we're going to be crap now. Mm. We're going to be really, really generic. We are Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> Although, credit to Nando's, obviously not just for the Will Ospreay kick, um, but they do excellent vegetarian options. Don't bring your vegetarian agenda into everything. I'm just We're saying. We're bashing Coldplay right now. I'm just saying that it's surprising that a restaurant, I say restaurant, fast food chain, that is mostly known for chicken, like they are, what, what are Nando's famous for? Chicken. Halloumi wraps. Have got more vegetarian options than Frankie and Benny's. That's all, that's all, that's all I wanted to say. I, I, I think that's, that's a credit to them. It's a good work, guys. <laughs> I want to see how much dead air we can yeah, fill yeah. there. And I'm going to think that's an edit point. I I want that dead air for you to recognise <laughs> that you did put in a vegetarian comment mm-hmm. in a in a thing that was not related to vegetarianism. I just want to. I'm going to start noting these <laughs> just because I don't think you do it a lot, but I mm-hmm. think you don't think you do it at all. <laughs> So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm aware stuff. that I don't. Trust me, you're lucky that I didn't like my after New Year. I haven't talked about the uh, New Year meal that I had when I went out with my friends. And but you have talked about one New Year's Eve meal. Uh, no, well, you Christ- had one Christmas, Christmas meal, meal. I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Which talk was about, vegetarian. It was, but I didn't talk about my New Year's one, which I could have done. Which I could have done, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even talked about the uh, the Greg's vegan sausage roll either. I think you have though. I, th- I swear you brought up the Greg's. No. You- Oh no, Datsun brought it up ah. and said, Oh Luke, have you heard? They're releasing one tomorrow and I was like, No, they've released it today. You're reading old news. Mm. Um because it's fun to make fun of him. And um and so yes, and and I know that it was on there because it was making Piers Morgan very upset. Um do you, so sausage rolls. I uh yeah, I, I like meat. Did, mm-hmm. I, did I tell you that? And I had a meat thing yesterday. What did you have? I got a delivery of meat yeah. from a farm mm-hmm. that sustainably and very carefully raises animals. Excellent. That's good. So th- to then slaughter them for me to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for I'm you. I'm just, just, just completely unrelated to <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> but it was related. We were talking about Nando's. Anyway. No, we weren't. We were talking about Maroon 5 and, you and brought Coldplay. Nando's. As like, uh, I did say the word Nando's. Yeah. Okay. As a good comparison piece. And then I wanted to say, in defense of Nando's, that's why I brought it up. I wasn't saying, like, actually, just by the by, I'm just going to quickly bring this up here. Did I mention I've recently gone vegetarian? Let's do... We haven't done a poll for a while. (laughs) (laughs) No, because no one's going to be on my side with this one. I'm not doing this pod poll. (laughs) Did Luke bring up his vegetarian agenda? Awkwardly, <laughs> or was the, let's was not the call conversation? It, let's not call it a vegetarian agenda because you know it's not that. Was the I don't care enough for it to be an agenda. Was the was the conversation <laughs> we were having about music, or was it about Nando's? <laughs> or did I just happen to bring up that uh, interesting fact? fascinating fact really when you think about it mm. that was connected to what we were talking about because I, did, I thought that comparing Coldplay to Nando's was unfair because at least there is something interesting about Nando's <laughs> and there is nothing interesting about Coldplay that is the difference or we could have an option C 
that's how conversations work, <laughs> where you, you say one and then you start talking yeah. about something else. If you're one of our pledge hammers, you'll have seen that we're going to be reformatting Ramble Club, and it's just going mm. to be essentially us having beers and just chatting for about an hour. You've got a really good preview of what you might get from, yeah. from that, but like spread over an hour long thing. We, I mean, we were meant to do. We've run out of time now. We, I'm sure, we were meant to do emails and stuff. We were going to. We, I was going to. Do, I was going to do some poetry and some jokes. We were, we need to start exporting the Wrestle Kingdom thing. Oh, you're right. It's quite. It's half past three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, no, I was going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do this quick joke. Uh, if B, if Kofi, Ian, Xavier were police officers, what would their sidearms be? New Day Glocks. That is all we've got time for. I think you made these up. Um, that is all we've got time for on this episode it's from Zachary Reynolds. Um, we'll see you on Monday, possibly. Po- Monday Nebby. question marks Nebby. for the uh, Impact Wrestling Homecoming review. I think we might do a, a ramble review of it. Um, but yeah, if we don't, we'll see you on Tuesday for the Raw review. It's the first proper Raw of the new era, I mm. guess. We'll find out what that really means. Maybe we'll get Baron Corbin in the main event again. Who really knows? Love you guys. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.